baseball theme, and we're going to be wrapping that up today. And um, so we have, um, last week we talked about just, you know, being intentional with time, uh, making the most of, of what God has given us. Um, this week we're going to finish up, and we're going to go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to go to Acts chapter 15. You can go ahead and start turning there. Now I'm going to go ahead, yeah, l- let me go ahead and... Dads, dads, can you stand up? Sure, Dad, can you stand up? Because we want to give you something today. Um, Raina, do you mind giving a hand to 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 them? Maybe get get. Uh, we're going to give you a baseball today, and we're going to give you a sharpie. Okay, a baseball and a sharpie. So uh, make sure that you get a baseball and a sharpie. Hopefully, we'll have enough to go around. Uh, but you're going to get a baseball and a Sharpie. When you get your baseball and your Sharpie, you can, you can sit down. I just want to make sure they, they knew who to identify uh, to get those today. Um, so I, I have a couple baseballs up here. This first baseball that I have has been signed by the Atlanta Braves, right, the 1984 Atlanta Braves baseball team. This is not authentic, okay? I'm sorry. It's got a stamp on it that says Made in Taiwan, so it's not authentic, right? So it was signed by the Braves, right? There was a ball signed by the Braves that this was replicated off of. But I've had this ball for a long time. I remember going to the Braves games when I was a little kid and um, got this ball. So I've had it for for a long time. Um, And somebody made a mark on that ball to give to a kid, to a little kid like me. Now I have another baseball. And this one um, is also from 1984. And what it says on it is Lakeside peewee boys baseball right and so this was my baseball team i was the lakes i was on the lakeside peewee baseball team which is right up the road in bloomingdale and um and this was in 1984 i think i was about nine years old when i got this baseball now i got this baseball um after a game because they gave baseballs to um kids uh after the game if they did you know something that was just kind of good in the game, you know, if they, they made a great play, uh, whatever whatever it was, and on this particular day, um, I hit a double, um, I hit a double after a lot of strikeouts, yes, yes, I, I had a lot of strikeouts leading up to that double, and I doubled, I got around to second base, and let me tell you, I am an optimistic person. Let me just tell you how optimistic I am. So when I got home and I, got, I had this baseball and I was telling my mom and dad, I was looking at them, and that double turned into half a home run. I had, I had hit half a home run. And that's optimism right there is when you can look at a double and you can see a home run in a double, you know what, I was almost there. I was halfway there. It was half a home run. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. We need to see some half a home runs, right? We need to be able to look at things. But they gave me a baseball, and the team signed it. So this baseball uh, here, it's, it's got signatures from, uh, like, uh, Joe Torrey, Chris Chambliss, uh, Bob Horner, uh, Dale Murphy. Anybody? Dale Murphy? Yes. Dale Murphy. Two of us. Oh, man, I thought I had more Dale. Yeah, there's a few Dale Murphy people in here. Yeah. And so, but this ball here, uh, it's signed, not signed by the Braves, it's signed by Bubba, uh, it's signed by Philip, um, Wally, Wally signed it, Timothy minus the Y, so it's Timoff, Tim, I guess he didn't really realize he had a Y in his name, I don't think his name was Timoff, Timothy, and then Ryan, I got to sign my own ball, so that's, you know, we made a mark, we made our mark on this ball, um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today is uh, leaving a mark 
leaving a mark, especially on Father's Day, but not just for fathers, because we need more than just fathers to leave a mark. We need moms, too. We need uncles. We need granddads. We need grandmothers. We need, um, you know, uh, neighbors that just, you know what, they're just going to... Put out there and say, hey, this is this modeling what it is to be an upstanding person of character and integrity. We need people to leave a mark on the next generation. And so this morning, I want us to look at this story here in uh, Acts chapter 15. Now, we've been in this, this, this series called Welcome to the Big Leagues. And kind of our, our, our statement is, it all starts at home. And we believe that. We've been talking a lot about parenting, been talking about the home, been talking about just what that is supposed to look like in your home, be reflected in the home. And we do believe that, that it all starts at home. But um, there's sometimes there is this pressure to be the perfect parent. Anybody? Have you ever sensed that pressure that maybe you needed to be better? You need, I need to be a better parent. Because the people across the street, they look like better parents than I am. Or I've got a friend whose Instagram account, they're just always the best parents. They have the best filters. They take the best trips. Their kids are always dressed really nice. You know what? They never get dirty. They never back talk. They have the best life. I need to be a better parent. And sometimes we feel bad about our parenting skills because we think, you know, I'm not the perfect parent. You don't have to be the perfect parent. There are no perfect parents. They just have better filters on their social media than you do it's okay right that's the reality of it is there's no perfect parents right but what we need is not perfect parents what we need are present parents we need parents who are going to be present for their kids we need parents who are going to say yeah you know what i haven't always gotten it right but i am here right i am not walking out on me i'm not leaving you even though we have walked through hell and back you know what i am here with you and so what we need are parents who are present first off we need parents who will say i am going to walk with you and i think that's what the story that we see here is we see a story that kind of um models this and it's not it's not even a parent actually it's an older cousin and so i want us to go to acts chapter 15 and this is a story about two guys um paul and barnabas uh we're going to start off with how many of you ever heard of paul and barnabas paul and barnabas were uh ministry uh uh partners, the ministry companions, they, they would travel around to these cities and they would spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to different places. And um, so they were in the middle of doing this and we hit here in Acts chapter 15 and it says, and some days after uh, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. He says, we got to do our, our world tour again. And now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. Now, John Mark, as I'm going to refer to him, John Mark is Barnabas' cousin, all right? So he's, he's this cousin. He's an older cousin. Uh, John Mark, we don't know um, a ton about John Mark's background. We don't know much at all about his dad. Uh, but we do know that his mom um, had her house in Jerusalem, and her house was open for Bible study. It was open for prayer meetings because if you go read in Acts chapter 12, uh, Simon Peter is thrown into prison. He's miraculously let out of prison. God flings the doors wide open. He, 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 let, he runs out of prison, and he goes to this lady's house named Mary. And Mary is John Mark's mom. And this is where the church was meeting in her house. They didn't even believe the miracle in the first place because when they opened the door, 
they were kind of like shocked, and so they shut the door in his face, and they had to go back and let him in. He's like, hey, it's me. It's really me. Let me in. God's let me out of prison. And so this miracle has happened, and so John Mark is this young man, and he's seeing all this in his mom's home. He's seeing this miracle. He's seeing what this new faith in Jesus Christ looks like. And so John Mark is, is starting to kind of dip his toe into ministry. And so Barnabas wants to take John, called Mark, with them. Verse 38, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And so somehow, because John Mark, being a young man, he, he kind of stumbled. He, he messes up. He, he, he gets scared maybe, and he says, you know what, I don't know that I'm cut out for this. And, and maybe you've ever had a kid who thought they wanted to work for you, and then after they started to work, they quit because they thought, this is really hard work, you know. And uh, they, they kind of they didn't finish the job. And so that's kind of what the Apostle Paul is saying here about John Mark. He's like, listen, he started down the road with us, and then whatever happened, something happened that he didn't finish the journey. He didn't finish the job. He didn't finish the work. This kid's a failure. I don't want him on my trip, all right? And so this is, it goes on, and it says this in verse 39. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Anybody ever had a, a disagreement? How many of you have had sharp disagreements? And that happened on the way to church this morning with your, with your spouse in the car, right? Um, I don't know why it was always the case we'd have those sharp disagreements, but a sharp disagreement arose and this was between Paul and Barnabas and this sharp disagreement. I'm glad they put this in there and didn't just hide this and say, oh, everything was great. Their relationship was amazing. You know, they got along all the time. And the church is great and wonderful. The church is great and wonderful, but it's also real. And people, sometimes we don't always get along. And sometimes we think differently. And sometimes we're going to disagree. And sometimes we're going to disagree sharply. And there was a sharp disagreement here. And so that they separated from each other. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. That's what, that was Barnabas' hometown. Cyprus was where Barnabas was from. And so Barnabas said, listen, you go ahead, Paul. You go your way. I'm going to take John Mark with me. And so basically what he does is he takes him back home, and he begins to mentor this young man. He begins to take this young man under his wing. Um, and the name Barnabas actually means son of encouragement. Um, and he lives this out. This is what he lives out in front of John Mark. And it's hugely important that this happens because um, you're seeing how this young man has failed, but John, uh, but, but Barnabas is kind of taking him under his wing and says, come on, there's, there's still good for you. There's still a work that you can do. I believe in you. And so Paul in verse 40, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And so they, they split ways. They parted ways. And so Barnabas takes him under his wing and begins to live out this life of faith in front of him where he begins to mentor him. See, children listen to us most intently by watching us live. It, we, we can say things to kids, but you know what they're going to pick up on? What they see us do. They're going to pick up on what we do, and they're going to do what we do. They may not always do what we say, but you know what they will do? They will do what we do because they'll follow you. They're going to follow and say, if Dad do this, I'm going to do this. If my uncle did this, I'm going to do this. And they're pretty cool guys. I want to do what they do, whether it's good or bad. Uh, how you live is training them into how they're going to live. And, and, and so Barnabas takes him under his wing and begins to mentor him and begins to show him ministry 
And, and we see this. We see uh, that he basically lives the legacy. And that's what you have to do. If you want to have an impact, if you want to make a mark, you have to leave a legacy. And if you're going to leave a legacy, you have to live the legacy. Before you leave the legacy, you actually have to live that legacy. You have to live that out in front of them. And that's what Barnabas does. See, I think legacy is better than legend. Uh, legends. Anybody ever heard of legends? You know, maybe you've heard legends of some of some of the people in your family, you know, and oh man, that guy was a legend. You know, maybe you've heard of uh, just stories of people doing amazing, great things. And I've always heard this whole saying, the man, the myth, the the legend, right? You know, the thing about legend is legends are stories that are mostly not even true. <laughs> That's, they're legends, right? There's a, there may be some truth kind of mixed in there, but legends are their stories. They're uh, basically kind of made up, and they're not real. And so I think that legacy is better than legend. Legacies are based on uh, stories that are, that are, or legends are based on stories that are mostly not true. Legacies are grounded in the truth and trust. That's what legacy is grounded in. It's grounded in truth and trust. Legacies are established in the truth that gets lived out. That's how, that's how you, you leave a legacy is you live a legacy. And you have to live what's true. And what's true is you're not perfect. What's true is that sometimes you fail. What's true is sometimes you royally mess up and make mistakes. And, and let's just call it what it is. You sin. Um, and there are times that when you do this, you have to, there's this tendency to kind of hide. We hide in the church because we walk in the church and we say, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, everything's great. Everything's amazing. Everything is wonderful. And on the inside, you're like, no, everything is horrible. It is not great. It is not amazing. And, and we do that sometimes at home. But our, our family knows, right? Our family knows when things aren't amazing. Our kids know when things aren't amazing. Even if we're not telling them, they pick up on that. And so... So we have to be true. Legacies are established in truth that gets lived out. Um, there is a passage in Proverbs, and I, I can't remember the scripture, and I should have gave you this. This passage in Proverbs says, The righteous man falls seven times, but seven times he rises again. It, it, it's not king in on, man, look how bad. You fell seven times. Good grief, man. Look at you. The the The... The core of that scripture is this, is that he fell seven times, but what? Seven times he got back up. It's, it's not that you stop, that it's not that you're perfect. You're not perfect. We need you to be present over perfect. And we also need you to be persistent. That's what living a life of uh, living legacy out means too, is not just being, um, not, not being perfect but being present, but it also means being persistent. Legacies are established in truth that gets lived out. Legacies are forged in success and failure. That's what they're going to see. They're going to see the times that you fail, but they also need to see you get back up and say, I am not done. I am not done on this journey. I am not done with this family. I am not done in what God has called me to, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep walking. I might have messed up. I might have, I might have stumbled, but you know what? God is going to give me the strength to get up and continue to walk and follow his path and follow his plan, and that's what we need to see in our families, not perfection. Let yourself off the hook, and that's not an excuse to just go out and just blow it. All right? Pastor said it didn't have to be perfect today. So what can I go do today? That is not what I am saying. What I am saying is sooner or later you're going to hit the wall. You're going to get it wrong. Be able to say, I was wrong. 
be able to say, you know what, this, this wasn't good. Because they need to see that also. They need to see that even in the failure, you admit that. And sometimes you need, they need to hear you say you're sorry. They need to hear you say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Maybe anybody, you ever told your kids you're sorry? You know? Now, I told the first service this. I said, I'm not saying you tell your kids, hey, you're sorry. You know? <laughs> you're sorry, kids. No, that you tell your kids, hey, I'm sorry, I apologize. That's, that's being able to say, I am, I've got faults and I've got failures, but I need God's help and I need God's strength, and this is what it looks like to get back up and to continue to walk. And so we need parents that are, that are going to be persistent. See, your story has to be grounded in a story that's larger than your own. Your story has to be bigger than you. If, if that story is only about you, that story will die with you. If that story is not larger than you, that story will die with you. So it's got to be bigger than you. And what is bigger than you? Your faith in Jesus is bigger. Your faith when you begin to serve, that's bigger. That's a bigger story. That's a larger story. And that's a story that can live on and go on. It doesn't have to die with you. It doesn't have to die with the legend. And, you're, and the kids are trying to figure out what's true and what's fake. They know. And they can see it, and they say, there's a legacy that was passed along to me. And it wasn't a legacy of perfection. It was a legacy that was, that was to be present. It was a legacy to be persistent. I want to ask that, go ahead, and you can bring the kids in, the kids' church in. Um, they're going to come in, and, and parents, this is what I want you to do. When you see your kid, I want you to wave at them and flag them down, right? Because uh, they're going to be coming in to, to participate with, with us here in just a second. See, the thing about Barnabas was that he took John Mark and he left a mark on John Mark. He, he left an impact on his life. And the reason we know this and the reason I know that the story did not end right here with, with John Mark's failure and in Acts chapter 15 where John Mark's like, well, you know what, I guess I'm done. I can't do anything. I'm just a loser. And, and, and Barnabas comes along beside him and says, you're not a loser. You're not a loser. Come on in, guys. Come on in. Yeah. Come on in. These guys, give these guys a hand. As they, these, there's only four this morning. There's only four kids back there this morning. If you were looking for the rest of your kids, I'm sorry. No, there they come. There, there they come. We've got more kids coming. Uh, I think there's even more than that. There, I want you to find your kid. But see, the, the great thing about this is that Barnabas left a mark on John Mark. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. Two scriptures I want to end with, and I want to ask Pastor Trent to come play and, and somebody to come some with him. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Do your best to come to me soon. This is Paul writing. And Paul is kind of at the end of, of his, his journey here. He says, Do your best to come to me soon. Next verse. He says, For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. So Luke, who is writing here in, he's, he's the one who wrote uh, Acts. He wrote the book of Luke and he wrote Acts. He's telling this story, and I love this. He says, Luke, Paul says this, he says, Luke alone is with me. What does he say? Who does he say to get? Get Mark. Get Mark. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me in my ministry. He is very too useful to me in the ministry. He's asking for John Mark because somebody walked with John Mark to make sure John Mark didn't stay a failure. 
Somebody walked with John Mark to make an impact on him to make sure John Mark became useful in the ministry. And I love this. And if you look in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, Paul writes this. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin, who's with him? He's a prisoner with him. Aristarchus and who? Mark is now a prisoner with Paul. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instruction. If he comes to you, what? Welcome him. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, this is a good dude. This is a great guy. This is a guy who has walked from failure, and now he is, he's becoming someone who is, who is just fulfilling God's purpose in his life. He's moved from, from his mistakes, and he's moved from his past, and he's moving into the future that God has for him. So if he comes to you, I want you to welcome him because he's worthy of the welcome. He's worthy of the welcome. So this is what we find, that somebody was willing to take John Mark and leave a mark on him. So I want you guys to stand with me. If you're going to leave a legacy, you're going to have to leave a mark. Legacy leaves a mark. This is what I want you to do. Dad, you've got these baseballs. You've got a Sharpie. Hopefully you've got a Sharpie. Some kind of writing utensil. If you need one, raise your hand. They'll bring you something to write with. You've got a baseball. And I know that you're thinking, I need to sign this for my kids and give it to them because I'm their hero and they're going to cherish this forever. No, I want your kids to sign that baseball for you. Because what happens is these things that are valuable, when somebody makes a mark, that's value. And I want you to always be reminded when you see this baseball, set it somewhere where you can see you know, maybe next to your kid's picture, maybe next to the family picture, and it's just this reminder to you, this is what's valuable to me. This is where I have to leave a mark. This is where my legacy is going to be left. It's going to be left in these kids, these grandkids, my nephews, my nieces, wherever you're at in this walk. Whose name that? If, if they're too little, to write it for them. But let them sign it they're too little, you sign it for them. If you didn't get one, I want you to get one today before you leave because I want you to be reminded. I did this several years ago and I've got a baseball that's got my boy's name on it. Actually, they, they signed another one this morning but I've got one that when they were they were little, I still got that baseball where put their name on it. Now, it's just been a reminder to me that this is why I'm, I'm living, this is, this is what I'm living to pass along. I'm living for Jesus to pass Jesus along to the next to the next generation, specifically my sons. And I don't know what their family's going to look like. They're going to have all girls, all boys, a mixture. I don't know what it looks like. Whatever it looks like, I want them to pass Jesus along to their children too. And so I got to leave something, and it's not, I don't want it to just be a legend where they tell stories, maybe true, maybe not true. I want the legacy to be about this is how mom and dad lived. This is what we saw. And they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But they did present Jesus to us. And this is what Jesus looked like in our home. And I want to give that to my kids too. And so I want you guys, just grab your families and pull them close. I want you to draw them close right now. And I want you to pray over them. And we're going to come. They're going to sing a song for us. But I want, to, I want you to pray for your families right now. Just draw them close. Father, we come to you now. 
And we pray over our families, over our children, over our kids, Lord, over our grandkids, whether they're here or not. Lord, over, over our nieces and nephews, these people that, that we have influence over. God, let them see Jesus in us. And, and we're not perfect. We're not praying that they're going to see perfection, but we are praying that they're going to see a reflection. We're praying that they're going to see a reflection of Jesus in our life. We're praying that they're going to see a reflection of Jesus in our heart and in our home and in our speech. And even in our failures, they'll see Jesus in that because we'll dust ourselves off and we'll get back up and we'll still keep promoting Jesus and praying Jesus and speaking Jesus. So, Lord, that's, that's what we do right now. We pray over our families. We pray over our children. We pray over our marriages. Make us the people we need to be. Make us the people we need to be. Give us the strength we need. Give us the wisdom we need to make decisions, Lord, that are tough and difficult decisions. When we say yes to some things and we say no to other things, give us the strength and wisdom to know what to say yes and no to. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that we can be models to these kids. That we can model a heart that is, uh, that is lowly and contrite that we can model a heart, Lord, that is, that is close to your heart, a heart that is following after you. That is our prayer. We thank you for our families, and we pray blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's